We'd like to welcome everyone to our first podcast here in beautiful Coon Rapids, Minnesota. Looking out our studio window, we've got our first uh, blush of snow finally showing up, and it's uh, mid-February. Normally at this time we would have had at least a few feet of snow that would have been dumped on us uh, periodically. Um, But it's been a good winter if you don't like snow. Um, My name's Doug, and I'm here with... Also Doug. We're the two Dougs. I guess we started to do this podcast or wanted to do a podcast because most of the time uh, during work we find an hour or two to just kind of shoot the shit, talk about different things in life, AI, simulation, Bitcoin, um, all kinds of random thoughts. So that's what we're doing here today is trying to figure it out. Most recently, golf has been on our uh, top of our list. Um, we have one of our clients. Um, it's called uh, On the Hill Golf. On the Green. On the Green. On the Green. I hope they're not listening. And uh, they're a really cool place. It's uh, got like a bar vibe um, with the with the simulators and couches and. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I didn't like it to begin with because it really, really does uh, give you a, a true look at your swing and your distance and that sort of thing. Because you swing the golf club, and then it uh, shows you everything from the swing speed to uh, little pictures of exactly where the ball was hitting on your three different videos from three different angles. Yeah, so it it's it's pretty uh, pretty thorough. And if you're a hack golfer like myself, uh, thorough isn't what you always want to be looking at. No, but we did add 40 yards of distance to your drive. So it is beneficial in that now, way. Now, we're not going to have to tell them what I started from, at as far as my... You're averaging 180 to 190, and we got it up to about 222, 223. And of course... Which is we, pretty good because you're not course, even... You're not swinging harder. You're just mechanically doing something different and you've added 40 yards to your drive and that made my day it really did like yeah make your life and you of course not to toot your horn but you of course uh, are averaging and we've been primarily working on our drives um, but you've been uh, averaging close to 300 yards when I can hit it sometimes I'm, I'm getting used well, you're pretty consistent I would say I would say ninety yeah. percent of the time you're you're hitting at three hundred yards plus. Still getting used to my driver. Last year was rough for me, no pun intended. Um, what are you using for the? You went and got a new driver after I'm about using 10 years. the TaylorMade Sim Two. It's a blue driver. My other one actually broke. The head on it actually cracked, so I had no choice but to upgrade to the Sim Two. And what are they getting for those newer clubs nowadays? Was that a, was that a, the newest model, or was that like a year old? That, I believe, is a year old, but it was still about $350, which it seems to be like always $350, even if it was 10 years ago and you're getting a new driver. It was about $300, yeah, they're $350. Not, they're not cheap. Well, three, I've seen them for you know, $1,000, so 350 nowadays isn't, isn't terrible, especially if it works for you well definitely a set like a set of clubs you're going to pay for a good set of clubs you're going to pay 1500 to 2000 dollars easily easily yeah my set is is really old but you know it, it, they work for me they're like a uh 
like an you, old friend. They are. They're like an old friend. Um, you could use a new driver, though. I think you could definitely use a new driver. Um, if I were you, I would go to like Dick's Sporting Goods or something like that and hit a few different clubs and see which one what works is the best driver with that? Is that a Sasquatch? You have a Nike, I think it's a Sumo Sasquatch driver. Something SQ. Like that. Yeah. SQ. Sumo. And again, you, you use the clubs that you become comfortable with, but I, I think I could gain even a few more yards if I updated my club. I think realistically you can go, you were at one, uh, I'll say 185 was an average for you. And just changing a few different little things in your swing, you got it to about 223. And I think if you get some new equipment, I think you're looking at a 230 to 240 range on your drive. Just by just by new tech um, and just changing up the swing a little bit to, to get the plane correct. And keep in mind too, I I know I sound really young, mm-hmm. but I am mid sixties as far as age. So if I can get up to two thirty, I would be very very happy with. Well, my if you drive. if you got to two thirty, and you're sixty six or whatever you are, that would still be probably thirty yards further than what you were hitting at ten years ago. So you're actually you're actually gaining I know, distance. I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. It is because your your swing plane and your swing was so unorthodox hmm. that you were missing out on probably 50 yards of distance even back then. So if you've now figured it out, you're probably hitting it further than what you were 10 years ago. But do you ever ago. really figure it out? Yeah, you do. <laughs> I, <laughs> you I, literally do in golf. You can. I don't think so. I think that I think when you finally think that you figured it out, that's the kiss of death. That's when you get humbled. That's when right. the shanks come. Exactly. That's when the, uh, what is it called? It's the shanks and the yips. They call it the yips. I've only had the yips a few times as far as putting is concerned, but not very often. I usually get the shanks twice a year probably. And for those listening who just happen to get the shank, and it, it is the most scary thing ever uh, all of a sudden to start shanking, what, what did you find was the fix for the shank? Well, there's, there's really like two ways you can shank it. Maybe one technically, and that's you're, you're moving into the ball and you're getting too close to it and it's actually hitting off the heel of the club, but it'll shoot right. So you, in your mind, you think you're hitting it off the toe. Right. Like the outside of the club, but really you're, you're getting too close to the ball, you're leaning in, and it's coming off that heel of the club and then just shooting right. So you're almost hitting it off the shaft instead of the club face. And one of the quickest fixes for that I've found when I've gotten the shanks is to put a club head, uh, club cover, mm-hmm. down in front of the ball parallel to it. Mm-hmm. And you'll find out real quick if you're, when you're swing, if, you'll, if you're shanking, you're hitting into that, that uh, club the, cover. Yeah. Yeah, the big thing is when you're shanking it, your, your swing is too horizontal, I guess. You're swinging too far out. So a lot of times, too, they say it actually helps to steepen your swing, which it feels weird, but if you steepen your swing, that gets you along on the on the right club path, too. But anyways, that's... Right. Don't want to talk about shanks too much. So we do like golfing. Uh, we enjoy golfing. Um, another uh, pastime that we enjoy is movies we enjoy going to movies um if you get an opportunity uh doug actually uh 
critiques movies, and you can find his column if you get an opportunity to go to anokacountyonline.com. Um, he puts up a movie review at least on a monthly basis. And I'm trying to think of what is the last movie that we saw together. Willy Wonka. Not my favorite. I not, enjoyed it. Definitely not my favorite out of the three that there's been with Gene Wilder, Johnny Depp, and now that Timothy Chalamet. I would say I would rank it in that order. So I'd go the Gene Wilder Wonka, Johnny Depp Wonka, and then this new Wonka I would put at third. So not my favorite, but not bad. Before I forget, and if, if you're listening and people like Johnny Depp, uh, I just saw a movie called The Professor with Johnny Depp from 2018, and it was excellent and very uh, low budget, but really, really good. Um, he's got cancer and how he deals with it, and he's a professor, and he just changes his whole life and opens up, and he wishes that he would have done it sooner, but not to get sidetracked. Um when did that come out? 2018. So it is newer. Right. And he was great. He looked good and sounded good, unlike kind of what you've been seeing of him as of late. He looks a little bit, uh, he looks a little bit beat up. Mm -hmm. But uh, getting back to Willy Wonka, is that what it's called, Willy Wonka? Wonka. Just Wonka. Uh, Timothy Chalamet? Yeah. So I think the first movie was called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? And then the second one was called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And this one's just called Wonka, I believe. Okay, so we're talking about Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. I, I know he's kind of like a Justin Bieber with the girls, um, but I haven't been real impressed with the movies that I've seen him in. I think he's pretty good in the right movie. I think in Dune, he was pretty good. I honestly don't know a whole lot of other movies that he's in. He was in uh, Interstellar. He was like the son but that's when he was really young. So I just saw him that. in a movie with Selena Gomez, and it was kind of the same goofy character of Wonka, you know? So mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's just who he is. I'm not saying he's terrible, but there's just, I don't know. It's just a little weak for me, the roles he's played so far or how he's acted in them. So you're a bubbler man now lately. Let's talk energy drinks. Do you believe in energy drinks? I believe in caffeine. I need caffeine. I need some sort <laughs> of... I, I tried going for about a month, month and a half, half without caffeine, and that was tough. You just never... I, I personally just never really feel awake. I have I'm had... Never able to wake up. It's tough. It's for like the a last drink. 40 years, I have had a Diet Pepsi every single morning. Wow. I may have missed a day or two here or there, but I've never been a coffee guy. If I have coffee, I just start shaking, and uh, within about a half hour after I've had the coffee, I'm shaking, and I'm just feeling stressed like I want to kill somebody. And that's after one cup. Yeah, I think we have a weak nervous system. I think so, too. But one Diet Pepsi does the trick for me, and it always has. Well, I think there's like... 50 milligrams of caffeine in a, in a Pepsi. Compared to what's in a cup of coffee. There's like 100. Right. So what's in your bubbler? I think this is like 67. 69. Now, I like bubbler, but and I think it's really good. I found but again, it, by... it, it just threw me off. When I drank bubbler, I got a little bit of uh, 
I found if I do two a day, kind of like one in the morning gets me to like 12, one o'clock. And then I take a second one for the second part of the day. And that works pretty good for me. I thought you'd gone for I had a while gone. without any Yeah, but I have... Need it, for... It's tough. It's tough. You Like I say, you never really feel like you wake up. At least I don't. Did you see that... Has... Uh, I'm throwing out these names to get us in trouble, but it's been in the, in the uh, press. Has a drink that people can just go up to their fountain and fill up their cups and it's got just a load of caffeine and people have actually died as a result. So did um, they get rid of it? I'm assuming no. they have to get rid of it. What it does though is I noticed on their drive up the other night they've got a uh, warning that says, hey, our... Why wouldn't you just get rid of the drink? I, I don't know. I, uh, I certainly would uh, think that they would... But, but to uh, go back and answer your question, I don't usually like energy drinks, especially if I think a normal energy drink is like 150 milligrams to 200. And if I do two energy drinks in a day, I actually had to go and get an EKG because it put my heart out of rhythm, <laughs> like almost like seriously, like an AFib kind Hello? of a thing. It, it was a heart palpitation. So well, I had to quit that's that. That's why I watched the bubbler, too. I mean... Yeah, but bubbler bubbler like is one like bubbler's basically one fourth of an energy drink. It's oh, basically okay. like a pop or a right. soda. Right. So we've established that uh we like a little caffeine. Starting off with the really day. interesting stuff. Yeah. Caffeine. You know, if you really think about it though, it's kind of crazy because everyone is hooked on uh, not everyone, but so many people could not start their day without the caffeine drug. That's what I'm saying. I they went literally, two, two months without it, and I I could see a difference in my, my energy output as far as like what I'm able to do at work and different things like that. Like I'm not as efficient. Do you think that's the majority of people? It sure seems like I just kind of think humans aren't made to be working eight-hour shifts. I think they're like dogs or cats where a dog, a dog or a cat can sleep on demand. They right. probably sleep 15 hours a day. Right. I just wonder if people are like that, too. Why do I think too. that you could do that, too? Just... Because I think that's the natural way that humans are supposed to be. Right. They got us forced. We got to go to work. We got to do this, like... I mean, we can get into the whole simulation theory stuff. Like, what what is what is going on here? We've just come to this reality. Like, this is how life is. We go and we... We work eight hours a day. We go home and we do the same right, thing but don't every you feel single day. That people are breaking out of that mold. Well, I think uh, technology helps. I think you can only. Back in the day, you didn't really have a choice. Like we're becoming more efficient. Technology is making it so we shouldn't have to work as much. But right. I mean, we still are because of inflation. So the money's stealing from us. But and that's keeping us working. But if it wasn't for that, I think technology and innovation and different things like that should make it so that we work a lot less, but it just never seems like we do. Let me ask you this. After COVID or during COVID, everybody went from the, not everybody, but a lot of people went to the uh, work from home um, day. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's good for people to all of a sudden only be in their little bubble at home and not getting out? And socially lubricating. 
No, I think I think it's convenient when you need it. Now that we have it established and we have it set up and we can do Zoom calls, it's pretty nice because if you do need to stay from home, you can easily do it now. But I think if you're a business or just a human being in general, like you need to have that social interaction. I think you're just you're more efficient when you work. You produce better if you're around people with the same attitude, the same motivation. It just seems like a little backwards to be well, I, I think too. People need to have other people well, in yeah. their in their lives instead of just themselves all day long. It makes you get into your head a little bit too much. I think you just start thinking weird stuff, and you got to get out and and. Well, if you're not staying busy, you do get into your own head. You just start thinking instead of living. You need to live. You need to conversate with other people. If you don't have anyone to conversate with, that's where you get deep into your head and then you start seeing negative negative effects. And look at what it's doing to the real estate market. I mean, they were talking the other day, I don't have the exact figures, but just all of the office buildings, downtown office buildings that are now empty. Yeah, I don't know how that's gonna all work. Well, I, a lot of them are starting to look at uh, turning them into you know, apartments, condos, and that sort of thing. Because there is a glut of that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know how it all works out. Like, do we just become more and more antisocial? Are we, are we essentially, I mean, it seems like it, like we're going to be living out of, like we've talked about it before, that Ready Player One. I mean, you've seen the Apple Vision VR virtual reality goggles. Have you seen that? Yeah, I have, but it, it seems like that was like a big thing for a while. No, that's coming back. That's oh. Apple just released their Vision Pro, and now there's people all over the streets, New York, wherever, and they're wearing these goggles everywhere. But it is pretty sweet. If you look up the tech, it's pretty cool because you can like you can pin videos so you you can just multitask so much better because you can pin like videos or tv screens in your house so if you're walking around with it if you come into your living room it'll have a tv pin there if you choose to have it pinned so it, it like knows gps where where everything is it's not like it just stays on your screen and follows you around do you need that I don't know, but it's just like I was thinking about it. I'm like, Isn't we're going to overkill. Well, eventually you're not even going to have lazy. Can you you're not going to have computers or anything. You're just going to be able to do it out of your goggles and you're going to have a screen <laughs> within your goggles that looks like a computer, but there's no computer there. And what about Elon Musk with uh, just putting a chip in the first human? Yeah, I wish they'd slow down on that. Well, it's kind of the same type of thing you're talking about. That chip can yeah. probably do anything that you need. You wouldn't even have to at that point. They wouldn't have to uh, sell the goggles. Well, that, that supposedly is supposed to be helpful for people that have spinal injuries and right, things right, like that. Right. It's supposed to be able but to make them walk you can see where again. it's going. Well, it's just like it, it's, it depends on the hands that it gets into. If it gets into someone evil, you can use it for evil. If it gets into if someone's a good person, they can use it for good, for injuries, different things like that. But it's like now that the technology is here and you can put brain chips into people, it's really just a matter of intention. Is your intention negative or is it positive? Because either way, it can... It's going to have a big impact. Right. Kind of like AI. It's kind of scary. Yep. But Artificial intelligence. It doesn't help at all to be scared of it. Like we're in it and you might as well be optimistic about it. I guess I'd rather be optimistic and wrong than pessimistic and right. 
Ooh, I like that. Yeah. What do you think? That could be a good t-shirt. Can you say that again? I think I'd rather be optimistic and wrong than pessimistic and right. Wow. Now, did you just come up with that? Or no, was... I think I heard Elon say that. <laughs> but it sounded... I, I sounded... <clears throat> it's a good line, though. I like it. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. He is definitely a uh, forward thinker. I was just in South Padre Island, Texas with my lovely wife, Deb, and we were able to see mm. his SpaceX uh, location from South Padre. We were going to take a trip. It's another hour to get right up close to it, um, but we decided not to do that on this trip. But the guy has, he's an amazing person, whether you like his politics or not. He has done some things that... He's a builder. He builds stuff. He makes he makes the world better with products. That's a good thing. Well, there's some people that would debate that with you, that he makes things better. I think he's made things better. Well, I agree. I agree, but they sure seem to, or a, a big faction seems to uh, want to close him down. Well, we talked about it before. First, they loved him. He was America's golden boy, inventor, entrepreneur. And then all of a sudden he started voicing his opinions and he became the most hated man on in the news. So right. then he bought Twitter and he said, I'm going to own Twitter. And I'm going to change it up a little bit. We're going to have free speech. And even if you don't agree with it, you can at least hear it. And that that's the way it should be. I think so. I think when you start telling people what they can and can't say, that just makes them more mad, obviously. I agree. So why are they trying to do that to Elon? I don't know. I think that's where you got to start going. Why don't they want this guy to say this stuff? And it's usually because the stuff he's saying is right and they're scared of it, whoever they are. Well, I wonder if he's right because he, he once said that he thought there was... I forget what the percentage was that we were actually living in a simulation. Didn't he say something about that, that we're, he, there was like a 50% chance? or I think he said like a 99% chance. Or he said there's a 1 in like 7 billion chance that this is actually base reality. There's only a 1 in 7 billion chance that this is actual reality. So Maybe. the odds of it being in a simulation are very, very high, is what he's saying. And what would that act? What what does that mean? It means that if technology improves at any rate whatsoever over time, eventually the technology will be indistinguishable from reality. And if that's true, who's to say that we're not already there and we're in a simulation? Does that make sense? Wow. That's his whole thing, though. It's like okay, well, if the technology keeps going at a rate, even if it's a slow rate, and it takes a thousand years or whatever, but it it continuously improves over time at some point it will be indistinguishable from reality when you put on your vr glasses at that point you probably won't have glasses you're just in it i don't know how it would work but if it does if it's if it's possible to get there the odds of us being in a simulation right now are are very high meaning that we're being manipulated by i don't know uh, what it would be for I don't, I don't know why we'd be in a simulation maybe because life isn't that great outside of it Maybe there was devastation. So now, maybe, we're, now maybe, we're talking like a, a matrix scenario. Well, yeah. If you want to talk about 
Elon Musk, I, I don't think Elon Musk came up with that theory of the simulation. I mean, you can look back in 99, like you say, the Matrix was playing around with that. That's why it was such a groundbreaking film. Nobody was even thinking like that. And they're like, holy crap. I love that movie. It still holds up. I do remember the first time I saw it, it was just, I went and actually, it had just come out. It had just come out, and uh, we have AMC Theater right around the corner here. Showplace, Carousel's showplace at the time. And I remember just saying, I'm going to that first showing, and I left work and went over there, and it just was amazing. Yeah, I love when, I love when you have those like impactful films or just anything impactful like that where it just like changes up the game really quick. You're like, you know what I mean? Like you you get something like The Matrix and it totally just changes like what's possible, right? In, in film or thinking or whatever it is, it's like holy crap, that was groundbreaking. And you know, Keanu Reeves Reeves was so good in that, and I never thought he would be anything other than a stoner. Did you when know? I saw his first movie, what was his first movie? The Hey Dude, My Car. He wasn't in that. Uh, what was he in? That he was, was in, the he, guy from, that was Ashton Kutcher and the guy from Stifler from American Pie. He's actually from Minnesota. Well, he I was think. in something like that. I remember seeing him in Parenthood. Well, he, he was in the. Uh, and he was a stoner in Parenthood. Yeah, that's where I first saw I, him. I just didn't see him becoming this huge. He was huge in that Time star. Traveler movie. Him and his buddy, they were kind of right, like right, dudes. Right, right, that, right. That, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Did you know that Will Smith was actually supposed to originally be in The Matrix, but he turned it down? Yeah, I saw that. Somebody else was supposed to be in that, too. That's a mistake. I like looking at those to see who uh, was actually up for and the And then part. his wife actually ended up being in, like, the second one. So right. that's interesting. You know, on that note, I think we should... Uh, well, get... let's let's end it with just a little bit of talk on Bitcoin, since that's my favorite topic. I guess my question about Bitcoin, I, I've just kind of taken your lead and your belief in it so strongly that I've now... You have an a, interest in it. I have a, a small bit. interest in very small. And I'm doing it through the, what's it called? The ETF? Yeah. They, and that, uh, just came, that, that was just legalized. It was approved by the SEC. An ETF is an exchange traded fund which means it tracks the price of bitcoin so it's essentially like you have bitcoin exposure with ac actually not actually owning the bitcoin but you're taking advantage of the price that goes up but you're giving up you're the giving, functionality of it of being able to use it to purchase something you're giving up the actual ownership and custodial benefit of Bitcoin. The whole point of Bitcoin is that you own that property. You actually own it. You don't have to worry about putting it into a bank or holding it on a crypto exchange or something like that. You actually own the Bitcoin. Most people hold it inside of a cold wallet, which is like a USB. See, and that's where it gets a little sketchy for me. If you, if you lose your cold wallet, you're out all that money. You're out all of your Bitcoin. If if somebody steals it, if somebody takes that little wallet, yeah, uh, you're done. There's no... It's actually not true. Oh. So Bitcoin is a public blockchain, and your cold wallet, that USB thing, that actually holds the keys 
that give you the ability to sign off on moving your Bitcoin. So it's not like you actually have the Bitcoin on the USB. The Bitcoin is always on the public ledger. And then when you approve your keys, which is on your USB, you're then able to sign off and move your money wherever you need to move it. But if you lose... If you lose that, if you lose that USB... As long as you have your key phrase. What if you don't have your key phrase? Then you're screwed. So if somebody loses their key phrase, but they forget like that, their key phrase. That, that's the whole point, though, is like you well, should Well, if I forget my password for my uh, Huntington card or whatever, I'm able to get a new password, and I can still keep my money. <laughs> They're not the, taking That's the it. whole point, though, is like putting it back on yourself again. You know, it's not having to trust anyone. Like we we come we become so um, used to just trusting. Like if you your money in the bank right now is not actually your money. If that bank goes under, if something happens, like they take your money. You can see in Canada uh, during the truckers' protest, they actually shut down people's accounts, like banking accounts. That's not, I mean that's just so wrong. Well, you you up don't two hundred fifty thousand dollars is fully guaranteed. Now, if you have more than $250,000 in a single bank, so you can have multiple 250000 mm-hmm. in different banks, and it's all federally insured. If that bank goes under, if something happens, you you are going to get your money, supposedly. That's the way it's set. Yeah, I guess that's just like if you if you don't trust yourself enough to, to have control of your own money, I guess, yeah, go, go ahead and do that. But then you're going to be dealing with a manipulated money, a money that steals from you via inflation. Um, it's a corrupted system. And that's why people are moving to a decentralized monetary network that's distributed through software, which is Bitcoin. But it takes a while for people to understand why do I actually need Bitcoin? Why do I want to use Bitcoin? And that that's a whole, you know, five, six, seven podcasts that we could talk about that. Let me just finish with one thing then. Do you think it was a huge step for these ETFs. Now they're offered, like I get mine through Charles Schwab. Mm -hmm. Do you think that was a huge plus for Bitcoin becoming more legitimate? It made Bitcoin so that it was recognized as a new asset class. Like we have a new asset class now and it's Bitcoin. It was approved by the SEC. Um, They actually had a legal battle where the SEC originally didn't want to approve it. But it actually went to court and court said this is this is legal. This is something that should be approved and should be um, something that can be traded on the on the stock exchange. So, yeah, it's a big deal because you, you're, you're letting you have this whole new avenue of money that can come into Bitcoin. Where like a lot of people that were older or boomers or whoever, they didn't want to have to buy Bitcoin through a crypto exchange or have to worry about what you're saying with the passwords and the different things like that or losing your USB. Now you're trusting essentially BlackRock, Fidelity. They hold the crypto for you. They, they take care of all the complicated stuff. And now you have the exposure to Bitcoin and you're able to take advantage of the rising price. Like you say, this is going to be conversation for a lot of podcasts yeah. because it is something that's very, very relevant and becoming even more relevant every day. So with that, I think we should wrap it up before we start to bore people to death. Yeah, no, that sounds good. So I'm Doug. And I'm also Doug. 
and we'd just like to thank you for joining us and in uh, probably our next podcast we'll be giving out an email if you'd like to uh, give us any suggestions or uh, anything topics that maybe you want us to uh, discuss um, or even possibly have you on as one of our guests uh, that would be great this podcast was brought to you by Ovaltine where we're oval for a reason